Welcome, everyone. I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining me today. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to share the Word of God with you each and every week. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate you watching our broadcast. And before I get into our lesson today, I want to thank all of our partners. Partners, you mean the world to us. We appreciate you so very much. You're the reason why we're able to do everything we do all over the world. You know, I, I always enjoy going to meetings, not only here in America, but in other nations as well. And I love it when people come up to me and say, Brother Jerry, I'm your partner. I always say that's the greatest compliment that you could ever give me. Knowing that you believe in my calling, knowing that you believe in our vision, what a compliment, what a, what a great thing for you to do. And I appreciate it so very much. And partners, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And particularly in this, at this time, and I'm believing that Jesus is going to do things in your life that are going to cause you to love serving him even more. Amen. And that God is going to take care of you. And God's blessings are not going to stop flowing. They're going to continue to flow and even go to another level. And by all means, you experience the favor of God every day of your life. Amen. So thank you, partners. I appreciate you. Love you very much. And those of you that are watching that perhaps you've never become a partner, please pray about it. This is a, a ministry, I believe, and I'm not being egotistical, but I believe it's good ground. Uh, I've kept my life pure all these years. I've kept this ministry pure all these years, and we don't waste your money. And if you are led by the Holy Spirit to become a partner with us, please contact our office. You can go on the website and find out how to do that. And we would certainly enjoy having you as a partner. And we want you to know as a partner, we'll be praying for you and believing God for his best to take place in your life. Amen. Okay, now let's get into our lesson. We are talking about God's stimulus package. Say, where'd you get that title? Well, you know, uh, over the last few months, uh, our government here in America has been talking about a stimulus package. The president's been talking about it. Therefore, while the Democrats and the Republicans were fighting over what would be right and, when, and what they could agree on, they finally agreed on something. But I was sitting in a meeting with Brother Copeland back in April, and this was all going on at that time, and uh, it was on the news every day. And I'm sitting there uh, listening to him, and suddenly I had this thought. It just rose up in my spirit. God has the stimulus package for those that love him. And so I wrote that down and then I came home and began to study it and uh, preached it at our church not too long after that. Preached it recently with Brother Copeland in one of his virtual victory campaigns. And now I thought it would be proper and the right time to share it with our television audience. So that's where it all came from. Let me define once again what the word stimulus means. It means something that arouses hope and lifts one's spirit. That's what a stimulus package should, be, should do. You know, a lot of people in America today uh, and a lot of people around the world, I, I have partners around the world. I have offices in different nations. And in talking with our, our office managers and our directors and so forth, uh, a lot of people are suffering all over the world. And in talking with people here in America in particular, even a lot of Christians are hurting, they're suffering, uh, their bank accounts are dwindling, their savings accounts, 
And so, uh, you know, they need hope right now. A lot of people all over the world need hope. They need something that they can, uh, as we say, sink their teeth into and, and provide hope. Well, God's got a stimulus package. It's in the Bible, praise God. And I, I, I'm going to go ahead and get ahead of myself, but it involves His blessing and His favor. The blessing of God and the favor of God is all part of His stimulus package. And once again, what is it designed to do? It's designed to arouse hope in you, and it's designed to lift your spirit. Amen. So we're talking about that, and I want us to go back to the foundation scripture that we read last week, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. That simply means you and I shouldn't be thinking like, talking like, and acting like the world any longer. If you're born again, you shouldn't have the spirit of the world in your life. You shouldn't allow the spirit of the world to dictate your thoughts, dictate your beliefs, and dictate your outcome. No, that, that, that's not right, and you shouldn't be allowing it to happen. If you have been doing it, stop it right now. Amen. And listen to what he says. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, which is of God. That's the Holy Spirit that we might know the things that are freely given us of God. Now, notice what he says. God sent the Holy Spirit to indwell you and to indwell me. He lives within us. And one of his main functions is to reveal truth to us. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth is come. Amen. That's another uh, uh, a name for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. He will lead and guide you into all truth. Not only that, but he'll show you things to come. Amen. So notice the Holy Spirit has been sent by God to reveal truth to you. And when you know the truth, then you're also going to know the things that God has freely provided for you. God's stimulus package. Now, if you'll back up a couple of verses in that same chapter, and we'll read verse 9 and verse 10, and here's what it says. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, now listen to this, the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. God has a stimulus package. God has prepared certain things for you and for me, and the things that he's prepared for you, they've got your name on them. They belong to you, and God wants you to receive them and enjoy them, praise God. Now, once again, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Amen. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. In other words, he's saying, all the things that God has prepared for us, we could not possibly conceive it without the help of the Holy Spirit. It would take the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what actually belongs to you. All the things. Say that with me. The things. See, God's not against you having things. 
God's not against you enjoying things. In fact, you'll find the word things listed or used many times, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well. In fact, hold your place in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and listen to what he says in verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust, trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Isn't that amazing? All over the Bible, it's talking about how God's people have a right to certain things. Now, what is important is this. Don't let things have you. You should have things. I'm going to say it again. Don't let things have you. You should have things. In fact, Jesus said in the 11th chapter of Mark, the 24th verse, what things, there it is again, what things soever you desire, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Now notice he wants you to have things, but he doesn't want things having you. There's a difference. You say, well, what's the difference? Okay, here's the difference. Listen to this. If God speaks to you about giving some thing away and you can't do it, then you don't have that thing. It has you. You know, I remember uh, years ago, long, long time ago, when, when God spoke to me about uh, uh, blessing someone with, with one of my motorcycles. It was a brand new motorcycle. I had less than 500 miles on it. At this time, I had a, a, a cruiser, they would call it, and a touring bike. And both of them were practically brand new. I had given uh, a motorcycle uh, to another man that the Lord told me to give it to, uh, one that I'd owned for several years, and I gave it with, 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 without any hesitation. And then the Lord blessed me later, not overnight, not in a week or so, but blessed me sometime later with two new motorcycles, two brand new Harley Davidsons. And I, I had one weekend where uh, Carolyn was preaching uh, in a meeting and I was home by myself and I thought, well, what do I need to do tomorrow? It was a free day. I couldn't find a honey-do list anywhere in the house, you know, things that she wanted me to do while she was gone. So I thought, well, it's going to be a motorcycle day. So I got up that morning real early and I thought, well, I've got today and I've got tomorrow. So I think I'll just ride down to San Antonio call a friend of mine, have lunch with him, maybe spend the night, and then ride back the next day. So I got on that cruiser. It was a Heritage Softail Classic. Had less than 500 miles on it. And I got on that cruiser. And I didn't go less than five miles. And I sensed in my spirit, I am riding somebody else's motorcycle. I said, Lord, why do I have this feeling? He said, because I want you to bless it with, to somebody else. I said, well, Lord, you gave it to me. He said, yes, I did. I gave it to you so that you could be the vessel to get it into the hands of the person that it rightfully belongs to. I said, all right. So I turned around, went back to my shop, and I put that bike up, and I called the person that the Lord told me to give it to, and I said, can you meet me in the next couple of days? And he said, yes. And so uh, I had arranged to give the bike away. So I got on the other bike. And I was going to go to San Antonio, just like I had intended to do on the first bike. 
I didn't go five miles and I heard in my spirit and this bike doesn't belong to you either. I provided it to you so that you could be the vessel to get it into the hands of the person that it rightfully belongs to. I said, fine, tell me who it is and I'll give it to him. And so he told me who it was. I went right back home, put that bike in the shop, called that person, asked if he could meet with me uh, later that week. And so I got it into the hands, both bikes into the hands of the people that they rightfully belong to. Now, here's the difference in having things and things having you. If I couldn't give them away, I didn't have them. They had me. If I'd have said, but Lord, I just got this bike. Lord, it's only got 500 miles. Why don't you let me wear it out and then I'll give it away? No, that's not the way God operates. Amen. He wanted me to bless somebody with a brand new bike. All I got to do is break it in for them. Amen. And so I never will forget, I called the person that the cruiser uh, bike belonged to. And it was so funny. He had been in prison for over 20 years. He got out came to my Bible school and, and uh, man, he was rough around the edges. In fact, his wife, uh, she had to teach him a lot about just, you know, being around other people. And, uh, uh, and, and she, she literally begged me to let him come to the Bible school. She said, I'll help him, brother Jerry. He's rough around the edges, but I believe once he gets in the word, uh, he's going to smooth out, praise God. Well, he was the one that the Lord told me to give the heritage Softail Classic 2, beautiful bike. So I rode it to the Bible school that morning and I had all the class come outside in the parking lot, form a circle around that bike. I'm sitting on it and I called his name out and I said, would you come up here? He walked up there and I said, uh, I just want you to know that God blessed me with this bike so that I could bless you with it. It really belongs to you. So here's the keys and here's your bike. And then I laid my hands on him and prayed that God would use him and that bike to win many people to Christ. Well, he cried. I mean, this guy, now he'd been in prison for over 20 years. Great big old guy. And he wept like a baby. Laid his head on my shoulder and kept thanking me for, for blessing him with this bike. And when he stopped crying, it was so funny. He said, he looked up at me and said, Brother Jerry, it's the first Harley I've ever owned that I didn't steal. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And you know, he took that bike, him and his wife rode it all over the country. They won people to the Lord. In fact, the very first day when he left that day from the Bible school, uh, his wife said, we need to stop at the grocery store so I can pick up some things. And he was sitting on that bike, still had tears in his eyes. And a man walked up to him and he said, Mr., that is the most beautiful bike I've ever seen in my life. And he grabbed him and said, let me tell you how I got it. And he gave the testimony and he said, and I want you to know Jesus gave me this bike. Do you know Jesus? And the man started weeping. Come to find out he was a backslidden Pentecostal preacher and this man won him back to the Lord. So less than two hours later, he got his first convert, you might say, with that bike. And he did so for the rest of his life. He's gone to be with the Lord. He's in heaven now, but what a great testimony that was. Then I gave the other bike, the, the uh, uh, touring bike, the great big Harley uh, touring bike to a friend of mine who was the president of a motorcycle ministry. And he used it and blessed uh, people with it all over the country. So my point is this, 
And the reason I'm telling you this is this, not to brag on me, but to tell you that there's a major difference in you having things and things having you. You know, God has, has told me to give cars away. He's told me to give motorcycles away. I even gave my home away one time, sold my home. And, and I didn't cry when I did it. I didn't regret it when I did it. Why? Because I had the thing. It didn't have me. And you know, you can never outgive God. God's always blessed me with better, with more. What did he say? He said, charge them that they do not trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us all things to enjoy. God wants you to enjoy things. He doesn't want them having you. He wants you to have them. So remember that. If you can't give it away, then you don't have it. It has you. And from time to time, God may tell you to give something away that he blessed you with. But listen to this. The reason he's doing it, he's setting you up for something better, for something bigger. Amen. I think you got to lift your hands and say, praise God. Bring it on, Lord. I receive it in Jesus name. Amen. So notice once again, my point here is you find scriptures all over the Bible where God's talking about he wants to bless his people with certain things. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. As it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You know, let's, let's go back to verse uh, 12 once again before we move on. I want to point out something here that the Amplified Bible said. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. Now, the Amplified Bible here in the King James says that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The Amplified Bible not only uses the word know, but it also adds this, that we might realize, that we might comprehend, and that we might apprehend. Oh, that's good. That we might realize the things that he's freely given to us, that we might comprehend, have a working knowledge of what's been freely given to us. Not only that, but appreciate the things that he's freely given to us. You know, I learned a long time ago that, that that's one of the major keys in experiencing more and more from God is having an attitude of gratitude. You know, when, you, when, 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 when uh, God blesses you with something, now I know most of you, you'll thank him right away. But don't forget that down the road, remind yourself of how God blessed you with that. If it hadn't been for God, you wouldn't have it. And just remind yourself, continually give thanks. I'm thanking God today for things he did for me 25 years ago. You know, uh, uh, I've, I've, I've flown airplanes uh, ever since I've been in the ministry. Uh, God told me that in the beginning of my ministry, I would not be able to fulfill what he's called me to do without airplanes in my ministry. And he said, I want you to believe God, believe me for debt-free airplanes. I don't want you flying airplanes with debt on them. And over the years, God's blessed us with nine or 10 debt-free airplanes. And even though the one I'm flying now, I've had for about, I don't know, five or six years. But every time I get into that airplane, I lift my hand and touch the ceiling of the airplane and lift my other hand in praise and thank God for this airplane and thank God 
that it's such a blessing to this ministry. And I pray for my partners. And I pray uh, for the safety of our trip and, and decree that no weapon formed against us will prosper and that the blessing of the Lord is on this aircraft. It's on me. It's on my pilots. Praise God. I don't ever cease to thank God and appreciate, show appreciation for what he's already done. And you know, I believe that positions you to experience more and more from God. So once again, that we might realize, that we might comprehend, and that we might appreciate the things that are freely given to us. Now, the Passion Translation uses another word here for given. It uses this word, lavish. It says that we should uh, appreciate the things that God has lavished upon us. And I wrote down several words that are synonyms for the word lavish. One of them is uh, profusely, extravagantly, and unsparingly. Amen. When God lavishes something on us, He does it profusely, extravagantly, unsparingly. God's an extravagant God. He'll bless you with more than you ask for. He's done that with me many, many times. He'll bless you with, with more than you deserve. He's done that for me many, many times. Amen. He's an extravagant God. He's the God of more than enough. I like what Jesse DePlanis says. He's not the God of enough. He's the God of more than enough. Hallelujah. And, and once again, it says profusely, extravagantly, and unsparingly. That goes right along with what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? There that word things is again. Notice he's saying, if God didn't spare his own son, which was heaven's best, then he certainly wouldn't spare anything else. Amen? Think about it that way. That's how much God loves you. That's how much God cares about you. That's the reason he has established for you and for me a stimulus package. He wants us to have great hope, abounding in hope. He wants our spirit to be uplifted at all times. And that's the reason why he will spare nothing. Spare nothing. If he didn't spare his son, then he wouldn't spare anything else. So God has a stimulus package with your name on it. You need to get to know about it. You need to become aware of it. And, and I like to say, when he said, realize, comprehend, and apprehend, I like to say, take hold of it. Amen. If God says it belongs to you, then take hold of it. Amen. If, if, if someone was to come to me and said, I'd like to give you this gift. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is thank them. And then I'm going to take hold of it. They said it was a gift. Apparently it belongs to me. So I'm going to lay hold upon it. I'm going to enjoy it, praise God. So lay hold upon the things that God has freely given, freely provided, even stored up and planned for your future. Hallelujah. It's yours. God wants you to abound in hope. And God wants your faith to be stimulated. He doesn't want you thinking in times like these, where's God? What am I going to do? 
Why isn't God doing something? He's already done something, but you need to be made aware of it. Get revelation of it. And once you get revelation of it, don't let anybody, don't let the devil steal it from you. And remember, Jesus said in Mark chapter four on the parable of the sower sows the word, that once the word is sown, Satan comes immediately to steal the word out of your heart. So we know that he's coming for it, but don't let him do it. He didn't say you just have to roll over and play dead and let him do it. No, don't let him steal the word because if he can't steal the word, then he can't defeat you. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so very much. Uh, we're going to share with you about our special offer this week. Right now, our announcer is going to tell you about it. And then I'll be back in just a few moments, okay? Don't turn your television set off. We're not done yet. God is arranging a greater stimulus package than you can even imagine. Don't settle for less than all of what God has provided. When you order today's special offer, God's stimulus package, you'll receive Dr. Savell's book, Why God Wants You to Prosper, his three-part CD series, How to Bring God's Glory on Your Finances, and his mini book, Take Charge of Your Financial Destiny. In this special offer, you'll discover what to do in times of financial crisis, God's purpose for prosperity and blessing, and how to break free from financial bondage. It's time for you to experience God's deliverance and blessing. Don't delay any longer. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of God's stimulus package. God has chosen you to receive an inheritance as his child. God's promises are not for a distant future, but they are for the here and now. Begin to receive it today. Don't you just love the Lord today? I'm telling you, he is so good. What he has done for us is just absolutely amazing. And I can't thank him enough. And I want you to know, once again, how much I appreciate you watching the broadcast today. And I really hope, sincerely hope, that it's inspired you and that you have made a decision that quitting is not an option. Don't quit. Don't give up. God is still on the throne. Jesus is still Lord. The Holy Ghost is still your indwelling partner. And praise God, the Word has not changed. So we still have an opportunity to be victorious. Once again, before we leave there, don't forget our special uh, resources this week. My book, Why God Wants You to Prosper. Uh, it's not a really thick book. You can probably read it in just a couple of days. But I'm telling you, it has nuggets of truth that will change your life. Why God Wants You to Prosper. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. He wants all your needs met, but it goes a little further. He wants you to be able to help meet the needs of others. He wants you to be a blessing. And that's why God wants you to prosper. Amen. And then three CDs, God's glory on your finances. God's glory on your finances. Talking about the manifested power of God, the manifested goodness of God. And you need to get this, three CDs, and it's life-changing. And then this little book, Take Charge of Your Financial Destiny. I wrote this a number of years ago, and it's something you can put in your pocket, read it during your lunch hour. It'll be a blessing to you. So uh, all the information for ordering is on the screen. Go to our website, jerrysavelle.org. Don't delay. Uh, order today. Place your order. We'll get it to you as soon as we possibly can. And I want you to remember now, as we close the broadcast, your faith 
will overcome the world. I'll see you again next week.